0: A few simple check bosses during the shoot and you'll be more organized than you ever thought possible and to have a head start on editing thanks to lumberjacksystem.com. When we last left our heroes, they were locked into a terribly important discussion. Let's drop in on them again as they plot the future. Now from the Top Dog's Kennel in beautiful downtown Burbank, it's the Terrence and Phillips Show. Well, thank you, Gary, and I hope you're in a much better place than Los Angeles. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. It's February and I'm wearing t shirt and shorts. That's true. That's true. I mean, but I'm sure he doesn't have the traffic. That's
1: true. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: This is the Terrence and Philip Show and I am Philip Hodgetts. And I'm Terrence Curran. And we'd like to ask you, what do you get paid for? And that's a very serious question. Yeah. What do you get paid for? And because we were talking before the recording about our various home improvement projects, what we are comfortable with and what we're not comfortable with, and it very quickly became obvious that the one thing that we lacked in, say, plumbing (laughs) was a sense of professional expertise and the tool set.
1: (laughs) And plumbing was the perfect example because I was talking to Philip about how I hate plumbing. Even though I... Can do all of it, and I understand it mechanically. Um, I I replaced a toilet tank. We'll just go to this (laughs) story. I replaced the parts in the toilet tank, but that required removing the toilet tank and removing all of the old rusted on parts, which took a while. But I got it all done. I got it all cleaned. I put the new parts in, and I'm sitting there tightening them down. And then there came this question of how tight do you go? And I went too far because I heard this sound, and that was the cracking of the porcelain. Then I had to hunt all over through various junkyards in town to find a replacement tank, because it was a very old toilet, and I found a replacement tank, and I brought it home, and then had to take all this hardware off of that one, and then I go to put the new hardware on, and now I'm cautious, overly cautious, (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm not going to tighten it too much, and then I put it all together, and it leaks, and so i got to take it apart again, and then tighten a little more, and put it back together, and I had to keep doing that until I got it to a sweet spot where it wouldn't leak anymore, but I didn't crack the tank, right? Yeah. And so what I was telling Philip is, That kind of thing now, if I have to do that, I'll get a plumber because he knows where to tighten it to. Yeah. It's the experience. And that's when we realized, yeah, you know what? That's what you get paid for when you're an editor. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or Or anywhere in production. Anywhere. Yeah. Production or post. I
0: mean, I guess it's under that general heading of professionalism, but it's – Having the appropriate tools of the trade Mm -hmm. and knowing how to use them and having the knowledge that goes behind that, knowing how tight to tighten something up or Mm -hmm. what sort of pipe you need, how does this get suspended under the house, how do you run a pipe, i mean, all of that stuff that to me is incredibly complicated and a pain and I will happily put four-inch drain pipe together and weld it plastic welded, but, right. but if it's in the house, I would rather pay a plumber.
1: <laughs> Although yeah. we did have
0: a Sunday morning experience where the shutoff valve for the toilet decided to explode and oh. pump water in. And the only way to prevent that was because of the shutoff valve was to shut off the water for the whole house. So right. I did become somewhat expert in replacing that within a short period of time, but my preference would have been to get a
1: plumber. Yes. And have better tools. So I've actually now got the extra tools. And that's an interesting thing because the mechanics of plumbing are very straightforward. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. look up anything you have to do you can look it up on the internet there's somebody that shows you how to do it and if you have the tools as you said yeah, yeah it's, I it's, changed the
0: temperature on a shower
1: yeah. like our maximum
0: shower temperature was way too low mm-hmm. and a YouTube video showed me that oh I can do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go and, because it doesn't involve mix, putting things together that could leak <laughs> <laughs> and, that's and
1: that's it it's, you can do water that. is insidious What's what's that? Water is insidious. Oh it right? is. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and damaging. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it will get through the you know, the finest of oh. possible yeah. Back to that same thing. You tighten it too much, you break something, you don't tighten it enough, and water comes out. You know, exactly. Like, How does that happen? But this is a problem from running a business in and trying to sell to clients where they go, well, you know, I've got this other bid and it's for less than you guys want. Well, it's hard to elaborate or what do you you, what with the difference in the experiences and and I, I mean I used to say you're paying me because I've already made the mistakes that this other guy you're going to hire he's is going to make, make. you know. So I'm just going to save you time because he's going to have to make those and figure out how to fix them. I don't have to anymore. I've done that in the past. That's the experience, <laughs> right? Then that's what we're getting paid for. But that's a hard thing to sell to a potential client. It's hard really to elucidate that concept.
0: Yeah. It's been summarized in the probably apocryphal story of, a, of an old guy that's called into a plant where there's been this breakdown they can't work out. What's blocking the pipes, where where is the blockage? And so he says, "Yep, I'll come in, I'll, I'll solve the problem for you for a thousand dollars." walks in, walks straight to the point, goes,
1: "Tap, tap."
0: Oh, yes, and it all works. yeah, And they said, "What, you want a thousand dollars for one tap?" He said, "Ah, no, it's ten dollars for the tap. It's nine hundred and ninety dollars to know where to tap yeah, <laughs> to <take it. laughs> And that's the difference. And it's like, I know how to make an edit that communicates. right. Just having a copy of iMovie or Final Card or Media Composer or Premiere Pro does not tell you how to make an edit that mm-hmm. manipulates emotion. You know, yeah, chopping together, a, for example, you know, lunch with Philip and Greg that we oh, right. haven't done for a while. But, you know, that's not – a lot of creative editing the creative thing is how do we keep this flowing without showing somebody eating <laughs>
1: right right right, right,
0: right. <laughs> that's the editing challenge it's it's not i'm not creating emotional appeal there i'm not trying to manipulate somebody's emotion mm-hmm. which most editing is right um, you know feature film you're trying to make somebody laugh or cry or have sympathy that's the skill that goes beyond the i can work any one the of these tools. tools yeah right yeah and you know i can buy tools Mm-hmm. they're easy you know yeah, Amazon will exactly. deliver them but yeah. knowing how to use those tools and make them make something from those tools is another level of skill that you have to grow into I think in a recent show you said you know take six months to do a mm-hmm. to really feel comfortable with a new piece of software and that's exactly what we're talking about is that you know you know within a couple of days how to operate the software right. how to open a program how to you know organize material it's knowing that extra level of insight that lets you fly yes and just zoom through the work and get to the result that you want that is that 6 months of learning process it's not the 3 days to get the basics yeah and it's the 5 10 15 20 years of experience that you get going from very basic projects to being able to do more interesting projects to getting experience in realizing what you should have done mm-hmm. instead of what yes. you did. Right, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, uh, the, that's, a, you know, the back to the
1: plumbing. You yeah. Can, you know, if you're yeah, going that's
0: to – a perfect example oh. because, you know, I've been – I extended my front terrace and put drainage in for the for the thing and I put a provision for another drain because our our um, roof drain just drops off to the ground. It doesn't have a downpipe of any kind. It's okay. style for a flat roof. So I, I've i now built a, a catchment for it that catch, catches that wood and directs it out into the gully, which, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But if I'd been able to see through that and had the experience I have now, Mm -hmm. that would be a ground level and the plumbing would run underneath my other plumbing and down out into the. Right. Now I know what I should have done by doing something that's not as good as it could have been if I'd known what I was done. It's looked great and I'm not unhappy with it. Mm -hmm. But in the back of my mind, I now know what I. Should have done better.
1: Yes, that's, there <laughs> and that's you go. called
0: experience. And, that's experience, yes. and that's really what was selling as as um, production professionals. Mm-hmm. And we've done ourselves a serious disservice, particularly in the '90s and before. There was a massive capital expenditure before you could produce even the most basic yeah. media.
1: Yeah, and when, so when,
0: yeah, when an avid costs you, you know, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and yeah. A, you know, a, a Betamax camera mm. is going to be, you know, sixty grand of you know nineteen ninety sixty grand. Not that's real oh. money. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so the
0: expenditure, the capital expenditure, yeah, they, was so high. Yeah, so there was a gate a gatekeeper. So only you know, we sold the fact we had these tools that could produce quality. Yeah, you could go out and do something in high eight. Yes. or super VHS, and yeah, it didn't look horrible. Right. But it wasn't broadcast quality. We had this, you know, mythical broadcast quality thing that never, really, never really existed. As other, a, a time-based stability thing. But, mm-hmm. but that was the gate. And so everyone was saying, okay, well, it's expensive to get the toys, the tools. Sorry. <laughs>
1: slip <out> of the time <laughs> um, slip um, Wait, you mean we're getting to play here yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sure that's why I got into the business and I wanted to play with the toys, but that's <laughs> yeah, I quickly realized it has to be a business, and oh, that sucks, yeah. <laughs> but then much less expensive tools came in, yes, they were somewhat compromised, but they didn't seem compromised to the clients that you know I might have you know you could to me for me to do an a, a dissolve between two taped sources mm-hmm was, you know, you have to have two high-end decks, two time-based correctors, a vision mixer, to go from a single cut-only workstation to an AB roll workstation was another, you know, 150 grand mm-hmm. minimum. But when little devices come in that you can cut between two Super VHS with a, you know, nice little controller, RM440 sort of style, and it controls both decks, or mm-hmm. you can use a little Panasonic switcher that stabilizes one incoming signal to the other one, just in a frame store, no sync generator required. This I've started to look and say, oh wait a minute, this industry is going to have a lot of low price tools yes. in a very short period of time. And if I continue trying to sell to my clients that I have access to these the, to the quality that right. they want, well, very quickly that's going to become well. I can get that from my son, or, right. you know, or the son of this board member, and, and it's like only when. But you we realize still it.
1: see there's still remnants of that. I mean, most oh, absolutely, of the, most way of way too much. The, yes, but most of the bigger post houses are, you know are gone at this point, but there's still some, and they survive by selling the, you know, well, we can do the 4K HDR yeah. with the Dolby monitor mm. that, you know, nobody can get, et cetera. Well, uh, this was when
0: Sam Messman started working on the Focus movie. Sam was part of the support team. He's mm-hmm. now with Lima Forge. And he came to us and said, hey, guys, you don't know what you've got with Syncing Link. And it's like, well, you know, the television people have been using this for a long time. I think we probably do. Right. And it took us about, Probably a year before we realised what Sam was really saying is that no, with Sync and Link and Final Cut Pro 10, you don't need a dailies house. Oh, you know, you don't need to go out and right. you know, WTF, which was largely the same crew, mm-hmm. did not do their dailies. They saved about seventy grand, you know, instead of going to Light Eye and they went, they just did it in the trailer where they were. <laughs> so Chioni doesn't like you. Well, I, <laughs> see, I think the the brilliance about Michael Chioni is that he fully is aware. That, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he said a long time ago, that, you know, what we're doing is light iron, will end up being in the camera. Right, you know, right. And then selling light iron to Panasonic. Like, well, that television was, was, that was, I, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right, I capitalized mine and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've made it very clear to these people that they're not going to do it. But, of course, they've been building cameras that include a lot of the stuff that Michael Cheney was talking about. So mm-hmm. he's actually walking the talk. But yeah, that was to him a revelation that they could not do this thing that was being part of every feature and featurette that he'd ever produced. as that cost of the dailies,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, which can run out seventy grand, you know, and across a decent film.
1: Yeah, right? that's you a know, huge savings.
0: And so one hundred ninety nine dollars for sync and link seems fairly inexpensive.
1: Yeah, I remember when DreamWorks bought a symphony. To color correct the screening, you know, basically, you know, for the screeners, mm-hmm. that's when they do a test screening of a feature, oh, yeah. because they'd been going to modern and doing it all in the, you know, good old fashioned linear bay or, uh-huh. you know, or on a smoke or whatever, and they were getting, you know, were spending half a million dollars to basically online a screening version yeah, for a, yeah. te- a, you know, a test screening version, and then they bought, you know, their own symphony, and guess what? Now they do it all in house. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yes. Same thing, same
0: thing. So, you know, the business opportunities will always change. Yes. As, you know, Michael Cioni just found.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. You need to get files into your edit system, or you need to get a file out of your edit system, or maybe you need to go out to tape for delivery. In any case, check out digitalservicestation.com. So, yeah, it's an interesting point, because instead of where you started on this, we kind of got off on a tangent, but is that we did a disservice to ourselves Mm -hmm. selling uh, our skill set as the equipment instead. yeah. So – you know, this is why I did the color correction, you know, why we need color correction videos. They're geared to, you know, go out to a consumer that can look at that and go, oh, there's a difference. Because we as an industry hid all that stuff. We hid, you know, that we're doing these effects and we're doing color correction. And we're doing all this stuff to make this look and sound good and to impress you as an end viewer. We hid that all. It was the magic of Hollywood, you know. And now when we could be getting paid for our skill set at doing that, we can't sell it because people don't know what it is. Yeah. And that, yeah, that is our own fault. We've done that to ourselves. So, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people who decided that they didn't want to give up touching celluloid
0: and they weren't going to learn any of those newfangled computer things. Mm-hmm. And now they're working as janitors. Yeah. Or <laughs> greeters at Walmart. I know one is selling tennis <laughs> shoes in Oregon. Uh. Yeah. I know another that's just gone on a road trip because their marriage and business all failed together. Wow. Yeah. Time to reinvent oneself. And I think that's something we always have to do. Our careers have. Do not stay static. Even if you're a, a professional editor, that's you only edit. That's you move from gig to gig. The way you have done that, if you've been working for more than five years, you know what you would have done five years ago, and what you would do daily now. There's going to be a lot of differences. The opportunities for editors seem to have dropped off. You know, if you ask for that style of person,
1: mm-hmm. as
0: more people are doing it themselves, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I mean, sure, I'm not
0: sure why the why the opportunities
1: have dropped. I mean, I know there's still. Um... There's still high-end – obviously, there's high-end editors Oh, absolutely. Working. And then there's tons of people – yeah, I think it's that middle range. It's the middle class of editors, I guess. Ah, uh, right, Yeah, That's what's gone. Uh, along taking with the rest of the
0: middle class of everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, along, exactly. Along <laughs> with the middle class of everything, and it falls into that. I mean, in this case, it's not that they're being replaced by AI, but in a way, technology has because the technology becoming available to everybody mm-hmm. allows more people to do their own stuff or to learn how to edit. It allows the you know the small industrial company that just needs a video for mm-hmm. you know selling their product no longer has to go hire a middle you know and pay somebody a middle class editor anymore. And Now they can you know. One of the kids, the owner has been editing at home and da 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 And they Uh, don't realize the difference in quality from the experience because we're back to that same thing where we didn't educate our consumer that experience is worth paying for.
0: I remember losing – I had been commissioned to do a series of three docudrama pieces, different aspects of elderly care for the trade organization. And I was well into production of the first one and got at the – notification that, in fact, the other two were going to be done by the son of one of the board members. Yeah. See? There you go. Three weeks before their conference, (laughs) where they were going to preview them, Uh they came back to me and got researched, written, produced, and away in two weeks. Wow. I was casting before I finished the script. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a linear bay. This is pre-nonlinear, so. Uh-huh. And I actually think now that's probably a little bit more of a threat than it was then. Yes. Because teenagers or young now growing are up with it, m- much more media savvy. Yeah, you know. exactly. They're growing up with it. They're, you know, they're editing constantly. My, my niece is a Photoshop whiz. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not. Something I expect to find in my family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just turned 21. is you know really, really good at Photoshop and has been for most of her teenage years. So, mm-hmm. you know, these skill sets are now part of what kids are growing up with. So if you're only selling access or you're even only selling experience, you're now not selling enough because a 22-year-old has got some experience. They probably produced more than you had before you got to 30. Yeah. Because, you know, you can grab a phone – you can grab editing software on that phone. You've got free distribution via Facebook or YouTube, you know, live. Um, mm-hmm. And what do we sell in the world like that? What do we sell as the professional? How do we communicate, I know shit <laughs> that they don't know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But back to that, I know, I, you know. How yeah. do you tell people that you know shit without, well, I mean, it's bragging for a start, which is, Incredibly uncomfortable for an Australian.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and an introvert. Yeah, and an introvert, double, <laughs> yeah. So you've never heard of anything good from an Australian introvert. <laughs> We've done a lot of stuff, but you just never hear about it. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: <laughs> but how do we communicate that extreme body of knowledge that we've got from those 25 years of experience or 30 years of experience or 10 years of experience. How do we sell the value How of that? How do we sell the value of that? Yeah. And that's really, really hard. That mm-hmm. it's, I don't think it's something you can sell to a walk-in customer. It has to be a relationship built before people... Trust you enough to believe that? Or they
1: have to get burned. Or they have to get burned somewhere else, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was doing my own plumbing up to that point when I cracked that tank. Yeah. (laughs) And then I realized there was a value. It's not like plumbers are advertising, hey, you know, we have the experience. We won't crack your tank. I had to get burned to find out that, oh, you know what? It's worth paying somebody with the experience. Yeah, in the same way that I've grown up
0: doing my own electrical stuff. I started playing with, you know, mains, voltage and wiring at, a, at about age 12 or 13 mm-hmm. and did all of the electrical work in houses, house, did a lot of the, work, the non-critical work in the theater that I worked in and, you know, won't do it here
1: don't. because I don't
0: know the code. Oh, okay. And I'm just not prepared to spend five years learning the code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> here when I need electrical work done, you know, even just an extra outlet put in, I'll hire a plumber. I mean, uh, no, a will hire an electrician because that will be a whole lot better than hiring a plumber. Yeah, be. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could make for a shocking experience when you go to the bathroom the next time. It could time. be. It could <laughs> be. Yeah, like it's comfortable putting in all the drain lines for a, a gray water system. Mm-hmm. But re-plumbing the inside of the house, it's like, hmm. Or it's I probably could do that. Or I could just pay $600 and Chris will come and do that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There's a
0: difference with the pressurized water versus the
1: non-pressurized. Well, this would have just been drainage,
0: but anyway. Oh, okay. Just rerouting drain pipes down to a a sump then pumps it out. But, yeah, so I was happy to pay the plumber. I'm happy to pay for professionals to bring knowledge that I don't have and don't want to learn Mm -hmm. because I'm only going to do it once. You know, I could probably learn how to put down flooring. Yeah, but I'm not going to put down another new floor right. in the next 20
1: years. Right. And so when you, <laughs> when you get done and you go, oh, I screwed that part up. I yeah. should have done it this way. That's useless information because you'll is. never do it, do it again. again. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not going to learn from that. Whereas, right. whereas, you know, other things like wall building and then other things, yeah, well, I'll do that again. I'll build more walls. I'll.
1: Yeah. And I've painted enough that, you know, that I've got the experience that that adds and, and I will paint again. But yeah, you're right. The flooring, I'm looking at doing that at home too. And I'm going, I know I could do this and I know I'll run into things I didn't think about ahead of time and didn't anticipate. So I'd rather pay somebody who's already knows all that. Yeah. And if
0: you're the sort of person that isn't immediately saluting what we're saying, that you really, no, it's like, I'll do the plumbing. I'll make it work. I'll, you know, I'll pour that cement. I'll Do it as an inexperienced person because you don't want to pay the money for the experience. I hope you're not trying to sell your experience to somebody else. Oh, good point. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Seems like a capper to the whole concept. I think so. If you don't value other people's expertise, you're probably not valuing your own. And you're probably not communicating that value
1: to anybody else. And if you want to really see that in action... Go to intelligentassistance.com, and what you'll see is all these tools that will make your life easier. And guess what? That is taking somebody else's experience, Phillips and Greg's, and allowing it to help you and ease your experiences. And if you want to see
0: professionalism in action and put the really professional touch on your project, use the experience that AlphaDogs have gained over their many years and put it towards your project. Thank you for listening. Until next time, do something creative. If you want to smooth out your workflow, translate between Final Cut Pro ten and Premiere Pro or even Legacy Final Cut Pro, or want to synchronize multiple sources at once based on timecode, or do the sort of reporting that everybody has to do, then head over to assistedediting.com or intelligentassistance.com.